and welcome to the latest Hopcast Half Pint. We're about halfway through September. We're getting lazy with this now, aren't we? It's, it's way towards the end. It's nearly October. Well, you know, October's coming soon. I know it's in like the, the nights are starting to come in a little bit more, which means darker beers are on it the horizon. does. I've actually seen quite a few of them as well. Yeah. There have been plenty knocking around. Um, so I'm James. And I'm Adam. And uh, we've got a couple of beers to uh, share. And... We're actually, uh, these are two breweries that we've not featured beers by before. Well, I don't know what you've got. Well, there's a story here, uh, because I uh, managed to find a beer from a Dutch brewery that I've never even heard of before. Uh, it had lots of hops in that sounded exciting, so I thought I'll get that, um, and neatly stored it in my fridge, and it is still in my fridge, uh, and we are not in my house. It's probably so, rubbish. Um, it probably is. So I've had to uh, hurry off down to Beer Central uh, to buy a replacement beer, and as I got there, there was a fire drill going on, so they weren't <laughs> letting anyone in, so I'm still outside looking at Sainsbury's thinking, am I going to have to do, am I going to have to be that guy that rocks up with the supermarket beer again? Um, but uh, thankfully the fire drill didn't last very long, so... Um, that is a terrible Should we do mine first? As well? Yeah. All yeah. right. So, I think it's quite inexplicable that we've not featured a beer from this brewery before. Fair enough. Because we've been there, and we've recorded an episode there, but we've never done one of their beers. And it is St. Mars of the Desert. Uh, and I don't, I don't... I can't think where we... I think we, we might have, when they originally bottled a couple of those... Um, initial beers that were quite like lagery. I think we might have done one, but we haven't done anything from the like the proper since they've kind of really upped their like, kind of brewery game. Yes. So this nothing is, can. This is their uh, Landbier Hell, uh, which I assume is is quite lagery. Oh, it does say lager actually in in big letters on the side, so it's very much uh, lagery. Um, it's uh, has a percentage. I can't find it. Five point four percent. Okay. And I'm quite intrigued by this because everything that I've had from St. Mars of the Desert has either been very New Englandy yep. or uh, dark beer. So yeah, I think it's the first of like, one of this sort of so style. This will be the first time that they've done this kind of style. It's called Don, Don Bacca. Is that how you pronounce it? Don Bacca. Don Bacca. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of lagers. I know you've, you kind of dip in and out as well, don't you? Bit, I think yeah. I do to an extent. Yeah. Like if I drink a lager that's good, I don't care whether it's a lager or whatever it is. If a beer's good, beer's good. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I've had a particularly bad beer by St. Miles of the Desert either, so I'm intrigued <clears throat> no. as to what this is going to be like. I'll shut up and actually open it and start and start pouring it. If I remember, I remember Dan talking about the brewer, Dan. I'm sure he was talking about quite a lot of influences from kind of that kind of area, Germany and Belgium, who were quite, I remember talking about, I'm quite interested in their sort of you know, scene and their, their beer scene and their brewing scene. So hopefully, and they did. I'm sure when, when we went to see them way back when, yeah, I reckon I'm fairly certain that they said, "Oh, we're not we're not just going to do New England style beers," and then did pretty much wall to wall New England style beers for the first few brews, which were brilliant, absolutely, you know, lovely, fantastic beers. Um, so um, we've maybe not seen as many alternative styles as I might have kind of expected. Um, this pause. Actually, strawy, it's like yeah, slightly it's hazy straw kind yeah. of colour. It looks unfined. It's got quite a good nose on it, actually, for like a life. It's like a lagery kind of style. There's definitely, well, you can smell something. Uh, how many lagers have you had where it just doesn't, there's, there's just anything. nothing. Um, there's a definite, uh, yeah, and you do get that kind of that German mm. hop character to it, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's quite fruity smelling. 
Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'm getting that kind of biscuity malt as well. Doesn't say anything on it about the hops or anything that they've. Um, no, because they are quite keen on doing that, aren't they? Used, they? Yeah. It's actually a very, um, very simple label that actually for. Um, yeah. St. Mars of the Desert. I do like I like their cans, I like their brand, <clears throat> I like the artwork that they do. I sometimes can't actually read what the stuff says, <laughs> but um I still I still like it. And, um quite intriguing, isn't it? When you know, when we went there they were just opening. I think yeah. it was probably their first week or second week or something. Uh and we we yeah, we kind of said oh, it, will it be a success kind of where it is and um you know is there is there room for another brewery to come to sheffield uh and they've done remarkably it's well it's been an absolute they, almost from success. day one their uh, reputation has been top level yeah really good yeah i mean i only kept an eye on the first few beers on untapped i've kind of dropped off untapped a bit but i usually if, you, if they're high on there you usually think well it's got a good reception and i very occasionally try and get out there maybe nip in and pick up some cans if they've got any new ones out or stay for a half um, I've not really done any of the kind of proper evening sessions I know they close quite early on a, it's like Friday or Friday night but um, the times I've been it's been that courtyard has just been you know full they're pulling out the tables from inside to go outside um, they've got a little deal going on with a little guy who makes little um, fresh bagel pizza kind of things it's cool. next door so they kind of got that little bit tied up which is nice that's good It'll be interesting, obviously, you know, winter to come. Um, yeah. Brilliant place to go during the summer. Interesting to see what they've kind of got up their sleeves for winter because you can imagine it has got like a, a log burning stove yeah. thing in there, yeah. hasn't it? So you can imagine them actually turn it into like this sort of winter wonderland yeah. um, and you know, probably do the beers to match. I suspect that we'll see quite a few more darker beers. When, when we went there, they'd got like a really strong imperial style. Yeah, it was the Barbara Papa or something. Yeah. Um, but t- what's interesting to me about them is that... Um, Starting to just see their beers now just cropping up in places yeah. that they that they weren't. You know, cans were a little bit hard to get when they first started. Yeah, it's still which I guess many is cans, just purely yeah. you know demand and supply, isn't it? But yeah. you know, more and more in, in beer central in other places. Yeah. I was at uh, the site gallery, which is right, just yeah. like down Possibly. from. Uh, it's not far from here actually, just down from uh, the showroom. Um, and they've got one on uh, tap in there. Oh, cool. Uh, and a few other places, you know, obviously Bar Stewards seem to have quite a lot of their stuff on. But kind of places where you sort of think, oh, right, okay, that's it. that's quite significant yeah. that it started appearing in places where it I wasn't before. I think Elm, which is an exact kind of wine bar next to Bar Stewards on the corner, they've always right. had like a permanent right. beer line. I don't have many beers, but I think they have been trying to keep one of yeah, theirs on Yeah, that makes sense because they were... They were I think they were friends with the people ah, so from from the yeah. start they kind of had their stuff in um, yeah well we, going back to the cold we were there in January to record and remember us having his coats on oh yeah it was, yeah, it was it, cold it did get better I think they'd literally just unlocked <laughs> it was very we, cold yeah, when we got there which I yeah. imagine you know, when they were open to the public they yeah, it was laid everything up beforehand <laughs> but um, yeah so a uh, really nice blogger it's, uh, it is quite gentle actually it's not it's not yeah. overly hopped um, they're not trying to rewrite the the book either with that it's yeah. kind of <laughs> does its job pretty well it's enjoyable I think the thing with lagers is I don't like to buy a lager like a craft lager and then me not really notice that much difference from a macro lager and I think that does have a, a, a kind of a slightly unique flavour to it it feels like it's it feels like it's got more a bit more to it well but still maintaining that nice clean quaffable um, flavour yeah um, it's, it's also sometimes when you get slightly more crafty lagers whatever they do 
can sometimes like the aftertaste can be the worst bit about <clears> it. it actually tastes all right to start with and then the the aftertaste is a bit funky and a little yeah. bit like oh i'm not sure about that um whereas this is kind of clean quite refreshing mm. um it's um yeah very easy to drink as well very nice yeah i'm impressed so what's been happening beer wise um well lost industry well industry taps open industry tap yeah um, i've been in once yeah I've popped in a, a couple of times just to uh as it's next door to where i work it'd be rude let's just to. emphasize this point right when adam says it's next door to his work it, it's about as literal as you get it is literally next well, door actually, to your work you walk out of one door and into the next there is actually a unit between us but that unit is probably as far as both arms stretch out it's, right it's um i remember someone um i met i saw laura on friday but they did a bit of a soft opening on Friday afternoon and um, I popped my head in get him some beer mats and within 10 seconds Laura had walked in and it weren't planned <laughs> and then Laura's like oh where is it that you work then I'm like come here I'm like, see that sign there she's like oh you are literally next door I'm like yeah I feel like it's almost dangerously close could be um, could be may, may have to keep them until after work drinks rather than uh, 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 what is it 20 21 Kegs, twenty-one keg lines, yeah. and, a, and, a, and a twenty-second keg, which is Yorkshire water. They've got a water. Uh, oh keg. right, oh that's quite good. <laughs> um, decent fridge as well. Lots yeah. of stuff in in cans, and not just all um, lost industry no, stuff. No, so no. I think about half the taps when the, I, I think were up until about number nine. I think were lost industry things. Um, loads of good stuff. Though. I mean, they are famous for their kind of sour beers, but there was an IPA and a pale on, I think, as well. Um, and then yeah, everything from or they were like a nine percent gluten-free Wonder Beyond beer, and there was um, um, there was a Daya beer yeah, on. Yeah, I, which I, I the, rare, the so Daya um, one when I went in because you you don't see them, yeah. you know, outside of of that yeah. area of like the southwest very often. Yeah. Yeah. I think the idea they've got kind of a little mini pizza oven, so the the, the space behind the bar is not really set up for like a proper cooking you know station but they're gonna be doing like paninis and pizzas and sort of toasties and stuff when once they actually get used to uh yeah. working by the bar because obviously it's all, it's all new to them guys so uh it, but yeah that, my only complaint with it was it was a bit slow when i was in there <laughs> like no one really when i said could i get half the day and there was like looks of confusion yeah. and it's like do you want a number? I can just give you a number <laughs> if you want. Um, but that, I mean, that's why places open before they open now, isn't it? Because yeah. they, they figure all that yeah. all that stuff out. And um, yeah, interesting. It, it, it felt like a very sort of hipster vibe. So you, you kind of got places like, you know, we're, we're recording this in the in the Rutland Arms again. And thank you to the, the guys yeah. here for making us feel so welcome, as they always do. Um, which is kind of, you know, a sort of a, a traditional rather than modern feeling sort of yeah. craft pub whereas that's very kind of like lots of exposed wood <coughs> and um, you know a, a different sort of feel but mm. I like that about the fact that we've got different places now yeah. that are opening up and there's a variety and Absolutely. Uh, you know you've you've got some somewhere there that looks like you know that they're, they're really going to go for it in terms of pulling yeah. in beers from all over it's not going to be like a lazy job you know they're, mm. they're going to try and really you know compete yeah I did um, I overheard um I think it's Darren. Forget. I think it's in the that was running the bar. He was talking to someone saying that when they've gone for the um, the um, licensing, they've kind of gone all out. So they've gone all out for the hours, just just in case they need it. The license for sporting stuff, for live music, for comedy, and it sounds like they're really going to kind of embrace that and try and actually use the space as right. you know 
more than just a kind of a, a tap room. It's not really a tap room as such as it is a. It is. It is. I think it's technically a separate company to Lost Industry. So right. it's it's not it's not like Lost Industry is a tap room essentially. But um, it will heavily feature them because those people involved. So yeah. But it, it, to kind of clarify where it is, it's on the old footprint of where the original niche nightclub was. On um, I think it's Sydney Street. Or turns into Sylvester yeah. Sylvester Street on that bend. It's like that corner, isn't it? So the the actual footing is kind of exactly as it was so it's like it looks like the old the three tons pub where it goes onto like a nice little like rounded kind of corner but it's 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 100 new build um, above it is uh, like kind of mixed flats for students and you know, yeah. whatever so yes yeah, it's, it's got that very industrial it's like not kind of being finished off like there's no plaster on the walls it's like exposed not brickwork, it's more like exposed um, breeze block, and uh, you can see all the pipe work and, and all the kind of ventilation and stuff. So it's very stripped back. So if you want to go for a cosy pint, it's probably not a probably stick to a <laughs> somewhere yeah, else. But that's kind of what we're saying. Is it has it has got a different vibe to it? But yeah. I think I think that's a, a good thing. It fits, yeah. What else has been happening? So we were both at uh, Funkfest. We were both at Funkfest. Yeah, very good. Again, a bit yeah. different to last year because they've moved it around a little bit. So. Um, it's a bit more compact, wasn't it? It was more compact, and I had to ask Laura where, where I were in it all because I remembered the old layout, and because you couldn't really, it, it kind of almost sort of contained a little bit. It felt like they put boards up to kind of block off sort of areas of, of the yep. building, so it was a much better, cleaner, easier to manage space. But you didn't kind of have that in the access to like where all the brewery stuff was, even though they were doing brewery tours and absolutely fine. They, yeah. they, they were, and yeah. to be fair, they were doing them really regularly, and they were all free. Yeah, they so were you great. Kind of think, yeah, if you wanted to have a look at the brewery, you you really got to. Yeah. You know, I was surprised how actually much, because obviously there was there was one room which you, which you could see went from last year, but I didn't realise there was a couple of more as you snaked through the brewery. It's actually quite a fairly sizable brewery when you have to go through it all and, uh, yeah it's, um, it's just kind of it's sort of glued together isn't it yeah. that's, I think that's the, the yeah. issue for them as well from like a health and safety point of view is that they're all yeah. used to kind of like probably squeezing through a little gap here into this bit yeah. and walking through a yard into that bit yeah. uh, which probably brings with it all kinds of health and safety things but because it's so it's kind of specialist isn't it yeah um, a sour beer festival yeah. so the numbers were kind of what you'd expect you know it wasn't uh, it was very well attended but it's never going to be a huge amount and what that no. meant is that they could kind of compress it down a bit yeah. and actually made it feel quite cozy mm. um, I, I never I, you know I don't think I had to queue for more than like a minute no, at no, any point no. for a drink they'd move to a, a beer token uh, system rather than paying yep. um, every time so you know that kind of just speeded things up a bit uh, a, a really interesting choice of uh, beers. What did you th- go on? Sorry, no, <laughs> say, what did you think of the the system of, uh, that Laura talked about on the podcast? The kind of sour, the souring scale. The uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I found it quite confusing uh, because there were two separate parts of the scale, weren't there? There was the, yeah, there was kind of like how funky and how the cauldron, and then the with the, the goats. goats, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was like a funky and sourness kind of scale. Yeah, so you could but get. They didn't really have a rating for both. both. <laughs> a beer was either classed as yeah. like a so cauldron or a goat. So you could have like a really funky and really hot and really yeah. sour and stuff. I think it was really useful for people, and and I got you know a couple of people with me that that weren't hugely into or. Uh, wouldn't like, expressively class themselves as being into yeah. sour beers, so that meant they could kind of just start on the softer stuff. And as with anyone does, when you do that, and then you just you, you go on, then try a try a yellow one, see what you make to it. And yeah. the next thing you've got them onto the red ones, and they're like, "Oh, this is good." What was it called? And then they have a taste of good. the yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> mega good. Um, but it was, uh, I think it was a great event. I had a really yeah, good time. I enjoyed it actually. Yeah, um, like I said, 
we didn't see probably see the Friday. Was it was it Friday and Saturday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were on the no, Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. Wasn't yeah, it? we were on the sat- Sunday day session. Sunday. So like the kind of like the couple of beers that I really wanted to try had, had gone, gone unfortunately, uh, yeah. which is a shame. And I know that they were going to try and avoid that, but mm. I think just some of them had just been so popular. There was yeah. a cloud water that yes. just. Yeah, they're just gone. I think on on day one without them really kind of knowing it really. Yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing I did find quite interesting is we stuck until the end, and at the end of the day, because they'd done a homebrew, a sour and mixed ferment- fermentation homebrew competition, which will be judged on that day. I think I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. So at the kind of, I think he said it closed at five, but actually they stopped serving at half past four. But that's just before that they, they announced the winners of the varying. Kind of competitions, the sour beer competitions, and the mixed firm ones and stuff like that. So you had all the the home brewers who had brought their beers through, and also had quite a lot to take home with them. And they were being really open. Like, said, you want to crack? We're going to crack a few of these open if you want to try what I've done. And I know one of one of my, one of my friends over there. He said actually one of his favourite beers he'd tried all day was one of one no. of the ones from the homebrew competition. And I, and I didn't really know what to expect. I don't think I've ever had a homebrew beer in that kind of style you kind of just you always just think it's a hard one to do as well i think even like established brewers find it quite difficult you know we 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 both know brewers that will you know privately say i hate making sour beers Mm. um because it's just a different very different thing to to, especially if they're like properly sour rather than like fake sour yeah but yeah the the things i tried were really impressive so you know Hopefully we might see. I think uh, one of the ones is actually getting commercially brewed as well. I think that was a winner. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if I tried that one. Cause I think, but, um, yeah. I've got to admit my, my recollection of that part of the evening <laughs> was just starting to get a bit hazy. Um, that's when I think about, it got to about four-ish and I was like, right, there's about three things that are over 10% that yeah. I want to have. Um, and me and my friend James just thought, right, we'll just, we'll just smash them now. Yeah. And then it, it, go, it goes a little bit hazy after that. Yeah, I remember honest. having uh, Abidale's cow tipper, tipper mm-hmm. isn't it, triple IP. Uh, I was up at about twelve or thirteen percent sour triple IPA, and I yeah that, that took that was, some that work. Was weird. That was, it took some. It was boozy, wasn't it? Yeah, it just it I think boozy. it just took some get, getting your head around. But that's the place that you want you want to try that sort of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, no, it was, yeah. It, I I really enjoyed. It. In fact, I liked all the the really strong ones, which I which I always do. Um, when I managed to watch an entire film and not fall asleep, which pretty good. Really impressive for me. Yeah, because I watched the second film and I did fall asleep. Well, yeah, I'm trying to remember because I've been in an afternoon session. Um, I and my my wife was working away until about six o'clock. So my mum and dad had a little one, and I was thinking, I want to get home and probably fall straight asleep here. But I think I agree. I think I'm like you. I think I actually managed to see it through because I'm terrible you for. You actually just pace yourself at something like that, don't you? Because yeah, the, the you beers are not drinking pints not smashable it, beers. No, no, no you, you are, and, and everyone's kind of testing each other's, and you know, you, you're sharing them around, and you're finding, oh, actually, I'll get I'll get that one <clears> next. But I, I don't think I had anything in more than a third. Um, and I might have had something that was a half at yeah. the end, just because I'm like, well, I've got, you know, I'm not asking for like one pound twenty back no, on this ticket, no, so I'll just no. go up to a half of this. I think they made a bit of money out of that actually, which the, I think the, the, you know, you can put your change or whatever back in a, a charity box, and I think they probably made a few hundred pound out of that, which is yeah, it's good, perfect thing nice. to do, yeah, yeah rather than cool. you know fanning about with bits and pieces of paper. Should we go on to beer number two? Beer number two. So um, in keeping with our. our Theme well, that, that's I just can't. pure by fluke. That um, although I might have already broken it with the first one, but so this is uh, another brewery that we've not had a beer from before. Yeah, yeah. this is a brewery which I think had a really good year last year. And thinking about indie beer feast, I remember them being there <clears throat> and having some really good beers. And it's a Black Irish brewery from um, Nottingham. Um, yeah, we just never and it's the Nottingham Pride Pale 2019. Great. Um, 
cracking, work on yeah, it, which it, is all monotone and black and white other than uh, rainbow. a rainbow, yeah. um, which really stands out and is, is really nice. Um, I'm guessing this is brewed for Nottingham Pride. Could, could be. Mm. <laughs> just a guess. <laughs> um, so I think they have, have recently just got into a couple of supermarkets. I'm sure I've seen some of their business. Oh, Mazda, maybe? Oh, Mazda. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and seen them in a, you know, a few other places. One of those breweries that have just started to just kind of move uh, that bit more mainstream. Well, I don't know about you, but I could smell that from miles mm-hmm. away. Yeah, definitely smell um, it. Yeah, I think they're just um, cracking, really good brewery. I think kind of underrated almost a bit. But, um, they've kind of gone a bit quieter again this year. Um, I've not seen as much of them, but um, as soon as I saw that, I, re- I really love the, the branding and the artwork they do. Yeah. If anybody sees just black, it's monotone, black and white, very kind of stylistic, but... I mean, that really bright rainbow through it just drew my eye. And then I thought, well, I'll get that one. So, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll quickly um, shout out to uh, somewhere where we've we've been and recorded this year. The New Barrack Tavern always have, or always seem to have a couple of cans um, from Black Iris, mm. in, um, including their, um, <clears throat> they do like, I can't remember what it was called, like a Midlands Pale or something. Last oh, right, year. Yeah. East, East Midlands Pale yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I don't know why, but I, I was just drinking it. All I could think about was airports. All I could think about when I was drinking it, just East Midlands for me, just screams yeah. airports. Um, yeah. I think the beer I remember liking last year was it was it Let the Juice Loose. I think it might have been called that. Like a 6%. That is a lot. That's a lot bitterer than I were expecting it to be. It's not It's not particularly soft, is it? No, but it's, 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 it's lovely. Right? Yeah. Um, I've, I've actually found Black Iris to be a little bit hit and miss for me. Mm. I've liked some of the stuff, and then a lot of the stuff I've thought it's just real bang average. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really stand out, and uh, I, I think it's fine for you know. There's, there's a few breweries out there that I would say I don't particularly rate because the stuff that they do is sort of quite average. But there's a huge market for that. People that don't mm. like the stuff that I like, which is like super aggressively yeah. hopped or you know, 85 different kinds of fruit that they've mashed up in this beer. Um, and this, I think, is one of those that's. It's you know kind of doing what it's doing fairly quietly. Yeah, very doesn't good. it doesn't scream and shout about what it what it is. It's you know it is a a pale rather than being an IPA. Uh, what percentage was it? Four and a half. Four and a half. Actually, for four and a half, that's quite tasty. Yeah, yeah. Give them give them credit where it's due. That's uh, that's pretty yeah. decent. So I've got more. I was thinking about this about more beer news this week because obviously right. the industry tap. So on my radar is two new pubs, which have been announced this week. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, which maybe got me thinking on something else, I'll bring on to it. So the first one is the guys at Wisewood Inn slash Loxley Brewery are opening a new pub. Yeah. And that is the Palm Tree, which is on Palm Street in Walkley. Um, it's a weird, it's a pub that most people I know didn't even realise were there. It's always, it's been it's been in existence, been in use, but they've completely stripped that out. So it'd be nice to, it's a nice little joining pub between, quite a bit of like a nice little crawl. So you've got your Walkley Beer Co, walk down the, Palm Street, hear that one. Then you got the, the the Blind Monkey. Then you got the Blake and all that around there. So, be interesting to see what they do with that because obviously, it's a much smaller pub. Um, the Wisewood's quite well set up for food as well. Yeah. Um, so obviously got the brewery as well. So they're, gonna have, they're probably have to juggle the guest beers with their own beers. But um, quite interesting to see because they've really gutted that place. So um, yeah, good on um, them. Um, and the, uh, the other one, um, maybe not. Not for everyone's taste, but Bradfield have taken on another pub. Um, so they've taken on the Warncliffe Arms at Warncliffe side. So they've now got one in uh, Deep Car, 
one in Warncliffe. So if you're on your way to Stocksbridge, then yeah, they're, <laughs> they're over a very particular kind of niche area there. Aren't <laughs> yeah, um, but you got me thinking about Sheffield and Sheffield breweries linked with pubs. And actually, as I started counting them up, there's there's quite a lot actually. You know, right. that are kind of under like brewery control. So obviously you got your Thornbridge pubs. Yep. Um, True North and Stansel. Uh, well, True North have got Punchbowl on the horizon up at Crooks. They've just opened, reopened the old yep. Grindstone at Crooks. Yep. Yep. Um, they kind of, I don't know what the situation with Stansel, but they kind of rent a lot of them out, I think. And then you know, Lost Industry have just opened, obviously. Neep's End have got a few. Mm-hmm. Kellam Island Tavern, which is like kind of Blue Bee. Yeah. Abbeydale got a couple. Brew Foundation Ale Club. Yeah. Um, Little Critters, Fox and Duck. Kellam, uh, Fat Cat. And actually, once you start thinking about it, I don't know whether that is a a lot for a kind of a city to have kind of a lot of independent brewery kind of control or kind of yeah. links to the pubs. Well, what what I find quite interesting is how um, how close those ties are. So, like Thornbridge pubs are very explicit about the fact that they are Thornbridge pubs, hmm. but like the Dev Cat doesn't particularly brand itself as being no. an Abbeydale pub. You go in and you see, oh right, there's quite a few Abbeydale beers on. There must be some link there. Yeah. But like the brewery don't go out of their way to promote the stuff the pub's doing, and vice versa. You know, they kind of live quite separately. Um, so some of them, I guess, the the ties are, are, are more kind of on paper than anything, really. Yeah, possibly. Um, um, yeah, it's you quite go to Kellam Island Tavern now, and it's still got a great range of beer on it's not all blue beans no not all it's just something i would actually mention actually because i know we've we've been a little bit critical of calum island tavern over the years i know we had they did the um did the podcast the other month but being in there over the last couple of months the the range of beers that they've got on there now yeah. is incredible i, I was in there <clears throat> last night um and had well last night yesterday afternoon um and had they got a cloud water on keg and a northern monk uh, on keg both really well priced for what yeah. they are um and, and beers i mean one of them i think was uh the cloud water dipper which is really good the current one yeah um but you know obviously it's an expensive beer but it was dead well yeah. priced uh and it's a fascinating being in there actually at the moment because you've got a really interesting mix between um kind of newer customers that have found it and, mm. and people like me who maybe i might have avoided that place yeah. at one point now suddenly i kind of feel like it cares for me yeah. but also keeps everyone else happy and there's people yeah, in yeah. there that have been going in there for years yeah. um so it's really interesting you get some really interesting characters in, you do, in yeah. there and it's it's actually it's it's but it's very much on my route again now i don't find it very cliquey though you know it's one of those i just have a kind of very traditional and very core you know drinkers in there but i've never felt unwelcome in there particularly i don't know no, um, yeah i'd, I'd back that up um but yeah, it's really, but the other thing I thought is is the stuff that is getting in on. I mean, we, Josh is a big cask advocate, but there's some of the cask stuff they're getting in now, like some of the North Brew stuff on cask and stuff, is like stuff that you, people tend to just go, "Oh, we'll get the keg in" because that's what everyone wants to drink. But then when you do see some of that stuff like Sputnik or Transmission or something like that on on cask, I always think I want to I want to get that a go because. Yeah. You can get kegged out a bit sometimes, and I think it's just nice to have that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's beautifully well kept beer down there. Um, um, yes. Yeah, on, on that on that note, I was in uh, Shakespeare's yesterday uh, for a few hours, and um, I had. I, I am very much a keg drinker rather than a cask drinker. Uh, the range on cask was 
brilliant mm. uh, to the point whereby cool. yeah. I had I had a keg beer to start with and, and literally as I was paying for it and I'd not even looked at the cask mm. and I was like oh that sounds int- oh that sounds good flipping heck that sounds amazing um, and <clears> I drink I drank cask for the for the rest of it yeah um, I think my issue with cask is just some places are just a bit lazy with what they yeah. get in you know I think Shakespeare's is probably <clears throat> probably the best cask pub yeah. in, in Sheffield in terms of the fact that they get stuff that no one else does and some of it is really good beer yeah. they're never ever lazy in the stuff that they put on just no, for no. the sake of it and that's not having a go at any other pub in Sheffield it's just I think Shakespeare's the absolute king of it I guess where we are now probably oh, is yeah. up there as, as well yeah definitely yeah, I think they're quite a bit of a turning point on it the last few weeks I don't know if turning point have done a bit of a, a local drop but um, it's nice to see their beers on, on cask just, yeah. just really and you're getting that kind of they're doing the, the hazy he was quite a bit six, but up to six percent and more, you know. But their, yeah. their beers on cask are brilliant as well. It was great. They've got um, in in Shakespeare's yesterday. They had the Kirkstall and Verdant collaboration, which is an APA, um, and that you know I've never seen anything that Verdant have been involved with that's been a cask beer. No, before. actually, I'm no. not sure if they've brewed one before, to be honest. Um, and Kirkstall, not a brewery that you would particularly associate someone like Verdant, who are kind no, of you know cutting really. edge craft. Kirkstall a lot more traditional um, and tend not to they actually do some quite unusual beers actually but they don't stray too far off the off the kind of the, the standard path uh, and that was beautiful brilliant yeah. absolutely fantastic good stuff um, so yeah really good um, right so what's coming up um, busy few weeks um, Indie Man Indie Man so we're both off there first time that you've yeah been? first time yeah I went last year for the first time so that's a week on Friday that's coming around really yep. fast I can't believe how fast that's coming around uh, so that's really good so if you're off to Indie Man on the Friday daytime session drop us a line it'd be great to meet anyone yeah, definitely, yeah, for, yeah. Uh, for a beer uh, and then afterwards because I know there's some there's always a bit of a um, like I want to say like after party but um, probably do a few places in Manchester afterwards yep. as well before we head back uh, and then we're only a few weeks now away from from, uh, Sheffield Beer Festival. Yeah, it's crazy. It's We're going to be recording uh, a, a, as part of like the opening night, uh, which we've never done before. That's quite exciting, a little bit scary. I'm here uh, for that as well. Recording with, in a live <laughs> beer festival. And I think we might be playing some helping role in terms of judging hopefully uh, some, some, something we're not sure yet it's still we're we still trying to pull some uh, pull some strings planning all, uh, all that. So <clears> I, I, I can't even tell you what that episode will sound like actually because. Um, there's there's a couple of people there that we're going to be chatting to. Uh, we might get some of the people who are doing the the judging for the for the best beers to chat to us a little bit about uh, yeah. that, and um, we'll just kind of see where see where it goes really on uh, on that one. Looking forward to it. Should it's come around really really fast. Well, it doesn't feel even like though even though I didn't go last year, so even though it's come around quicker yeah. for two years. For me. <laughs> I think I think I went every day last year actually. Yeah. For 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 a length of time um this year probably the wednesday and then probably not until the saturday um i, I might try and get i think wednesday playing on the friday night which kind of cocks up plans to go in on friday because i'm a big fan of going on the friday yeah so it's good fun i think they do is it friday they do the fancy dress thing and it's a pirates theme so i've loved right. the social media they've done about this about it being a pirates theme and then at the bottom of every tweet or every post i see about it it says mm. Please do not bring live parrots as the <laughs> venue does not cover these or something like that. And it's like, it's it's, yeah. it's, it's hilarious. I, I, um, but we've talked about it before. I'm a big fan of Sheffield yeah, uh, Beer Festival in terms of the fact that it, it is camera, but you know they, they very much embrace doing some keg beers as well. Uh, and they don't, 
it's it's just kind of what you'd expect it to be in Sheffield. It's a lot of yeah. people who like very different beers all getting together and getting on. There's no kind of camera pretentiousness no. about it. It's super unique as well because you're in like the the the, the um, Kilwell Museum and sections Amazing of that feel venue. like they feel like you're on like um like a, uh, like um like a film set almost. No, it, of a, it does, yeah, it really does. Like a period drama set. It yeah. feels like you're, like you're kind of walking on the, the cobbles of like some old yeah. kind of thing. We're really lucky, aren't we? Because we've got that and Indie Beer Feast, which is similar in terms of the fact that they're in unusual venues. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and when you go to Victoria Bass for Indie Man, you'll kind of see this. That, I mean, that is really weird that you find yourself like climbing up some ladders to yeah, get, get to one bit and then having to like jump down a, a like a steep edge to get to another room and stuff and you can get lost you sounds really like a health and safety nightmare lost. it is especially when you're <laughs> carrying beers um but you know i mean sheffield beer festival is is it's not it's not far off in terms of the fact that like you know you go upstairs for a bit and there'll be a band on and then you go outstairs into the big marquee outside and then there's the mill owner's arms yep. and then there's just that bit in the middle that people stand outside if the weather's nice it's brilliant so then like you've, got, you've also got the keg room yep. uh, and it's it's like you, you've got so many different places to explore it's mm. not just a place and you're in it and that's it like it's it's a full you can spend a day there and not get bored no, no. Um, you know the the range of beers is brilliant um, and I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad actually that you know, Sheffield Beer Festival is doing as well as it's doing because I think that those guys do a fantastic job. Yeah, especially I mean we we might have talked about it before, but the two previous, well, especially the last previous venue, which was in the old uh, Ponds Forge, one of yeah. their was poor, like really poor. And uh, before that, being up at the cemetery, like I've had a couple of years where that was slightly uh, boggy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to, um, to actually kind of bounce back and and being that progressive camera brandish that they are, which Sean championed maybe when he was talking about I think it was pub of the year or something. He was saying not necessarily pub of the year, but you know the the festival down there and now what they do and how kind of like pro- yeah progressive they are and. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the last year, but the two years, two years ago, when they had that, the first time they had a proper dedicated keg room, yeah. and the beers weren't like you'd expect. Oh, well, they've got some really safe. They've got, well, they've got Bradfield blonde yeah, on keg, stuff, just yeah. really, really out there stuff. And for them to kind of really embrace that, in one camera back two years ago, were probably still fending off uh, keg beer, which is um, yeah, just, just fantastic. And so, they're yeah. great. The fact that they've done it in a way that doesn't, you know, <clears throat> if you're a traditional beer drinker and maybe you see keg beer as you know, in a bit of a negative light. Like the keg beer room is, you wouldn't just accidentally walk in there no, on your no. way through something else. Like the way it's laid out is very sort of respectful of each other. Yeah. Like you are, mm-hmm. if you're into your, your cast beer, there's two places that you go. Um, and the Mill Owners Arms obviously is, is kind of like a bit of an anomaly, isn't it? But then you know, you've got that outside marquee, you've got the upstairs bit, which is where the cask beers are. Yeah. The keg beer is in its own little bit. And then everyone mills around in the middle and, <clears> and it just it just works. Yeah, it's I mean, just, 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 that, just that cask room which is upstairs is bigger than most beer festivals that you would go to in, yeah, in this the country range of beers is astonishing just in that room well, alone is like 100 plus easily it's, yeah. it's a massive room full of like a wall of yeah. cast beers but yeah and they they also do like a colour coding system that's really helpful yes. there's so yeah. many beers it's so difficult to kind of narrow it down and mm. figure out it's almost overwhelming because there's just so many yeah. um, the one tip that I would give or two tips that I'd give actually um, for anyone that's, that's going uh, if you are into keg beer then Last year, by the Saturday, the keg beer room just shut 
because there was just nothing left. Right so, you know, get there on one of the early days, get there either the Wednesday night or the Thursday night, very late, it's the Friday night. If you go on the Saturday wanting to try all the keg beers they've got, you've you've got no chance. I think some of them ran out actually on the on the Wednesday last year, on the first night, some of the keg beers went because they were just that popular. Um, the other is as well, and I think it's brilliant that they do this, um, free soft drinks. So um, on the end of the the upstairs room, on the end of the bar, which is kind of where where you walk in that end of the bar, um, there's bottles of pop and stuff like that, uh, which is just sometimes when you just need a little bit of a break, but you sort of resent paying three quid for half a coke. Um, The fact that it's free is uh, is, is fantastic and a really nice touch from um, from, from running that because I think you can sometimes feel a bit ripped off, can't you, in venues? when yeah. you, you think, well, if I'm, I'm not paying that for a soft drink, I might as well get another beer. So it's great that it's free. My tip is, if you're going to go to the chocolate guy, there's always this chocolate guy who does a, and he does some chilli chocolate. It, if you try the hot one, don't then go into the portaloo and put your mouth under the tap in the portaloo. Oh. Because my friend did that. Oh, God, that sounds horrendous. <laughs> don't like that at all. <laughs> so, there cool. You go. Um, final thoughts on uh, Black Iris. I really like that, actually. It's got that bitterness that I weren't expecting, but I think it, it's a nice change from the really kind of sweet, sort of soupy kind of stuff. In that. But four four and a half percent, it it does it stands up really nice. I think. Yeah, it's quite pleasant. I've, yeah. it's, I've warmed it a little bit as I've been drinking it. Um, it's a little bit, just a little bit, um, a little bit bitter on that on the aftertaste. It, ling- it is bitter. It, yeah. it, is a, it lingers a little bit, mm. uh, but it's very pleasant, especially for four and a half percent. Yeah, yeah. Fair play. Decent couple of beers there. Yeah. Good stuff. So um, we'll be back uh, mid October uh, mm-hmm. at uh, the Steel City. Uh, yes, it is later Steel. this. It is later next month, and it? it's mid month into the. Uh, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pretty much smack bang in the middle yeah. of the month, I think. So uh, yeah, we'll be back for for that, um, and we will yeah bore you with our stories from Indie Man at the same time. <laughs> so uh, see you next month. See you next month. <laughs>